the wrestling podcast about nothing, is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode three of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I, of course, am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. It's a big week for you, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a good week. We'll leave it at that. And you were named as a participant in the 2017 Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament. If you haven't heard out there, it's all over the internets. But if you haven't heard, that's the big news. The Kingpin is going to the Steel City, your hometown of Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yes, my longtime fictitious hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where to start, man. It's uh, It's been tough to keep a secret. It's been really tough to keep a secret because when you find out something like this, you kind of want to shout it from the mountaintops and tell the world. But I had to keep it a secret. But on Tuesday morning, uh, Ring of Honor made it official, made the announcement. And I don't know. I, it's um, it's still hard to quantify. It's hard to put in words You know what the opportunity means. I've been fighting for an opportunity on this type of um, stage for 15 years. And to think about the fact that uh, I'm finally going to get, after 15 years, a chance to perform on a national and international stage to you know, get a chance to perform uh, and wrestle on TV is just unbelievable. Just so grateful, you know, to Ring of Honor, you know, and to the people there who have made this possible. I can't thank them enough and just really excited to show the world what I can do, man. So it all started off with a camp, right? One of the Ring of Honor camps? Right, yeah. I did a, um, a Ring of Honor camp a couple months ago. I don't remember the exact month now. March, maybe? More than a couple months ago, Could, maybe. Could, couldn't have been March. Couldn't have been March. We were in football season. What the hell am I saying? March. <laughs> I wow. don't even know. It was, uh, it's been a whirlwind of a day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe September, October, sometime in there. I did a Ring of Honor, uh, one of their trial camps, which was, even if nothing came of it, was it was a great experience. Just, you know, great learning experience and just really a lot of fun. Two full days of just, you know, being around great talent and, and great talent evaluators and just such a great experience. So even if this didn't come out of it, it was it was it was great. And I was happy I did it. But you know, had some some dialogue there, and it kind of was mentioned to me that uh, they had, were having an eye on me for this tournament. And um, you know, I tried to stay on their radar and and uh, keep talking 
you know, two officials from Ring of Honor, and uh, you've been traveling to a number of their shows, right? Yeah, I went to Philly and Baltimore, and and it was actually in Baltimore where I found out um, that I was going to be in the tournament, and that was boy, that was a couple months ago now, and you know, that's when it was confirmed to me, and it was, you know, it was such a great. Well, it was funny. Uh, one of our, I, I traveled with our one of our good pals, Todd Sinclair. So obviously, get to talk to him a lot about it, and um, right there. When, when I was told was our good friend Warbeard who uh, gave me a, a big hug and we kind of had a moment and <laughs> and uh, I don't know it's just I, I can't put it into words Mike it's just an awesome opportunity to um, to be given this chance um, not many people get it uh, only eight a year and of those eight not everybody not everybody makes it you know to, to make an impact in Ring of Honor. Um, so I, I hope I'm one of those guys that, you know, whether I win the tournament or don't win the tournament or, how, you know, whatever happens with it, I'm hoping this is the beginning of a, you know, a long and successful relationship with Ring of Honor, obviously. Well, if we're talking about uh, track records, when it comes to guys from New England, I would say the track record for sticking around after the top prospect tournament is pretty good. I mean, there was a streak there of a number of New England guys. Uh, your Matt Tavens, your Warbeat Hanson, as you mentioned, a number of guys have come through that tournament and ended up uh, getting more work out of it. So, Well, pretty, pretty much have been won by a New England guy every year until our good friend Brian Fury blew that last year. <laughs> By lo- losing to Lee, yeah, losing to Leo Rush. So I'm hoping to get New England back on track here uh, with a big victory in this tournament, obviously, and hoping to bring a little joy back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> You're a piece of garbage. <laughs> what? Why are you going to dampen my moment? <laughs> Let me have my moment. <laughs> You're just a miserable wretch of a human being. Well, we'll be talking more about this. I mean, it's approaching quickly, less than a month away. Yeah, it's uh, it's February 11th in Pittsburgh. So if you're somebody who, uh, well, I don't know, hey, maybe you want to travel out there. Uh, can't thank everybody enough today who reached out. My social media was going crazy. Um, so, you know, people just reaching out via Facebook, Twitter, text message. Um, you know, uh, thank you. Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot that um, so many people, you know, their happiness for me and, and that they felt I had earned it and deserved it. So, I don't know. That stuff's, that stuff's all very humbling to me. You know, so I, I I appreciate people reaching out and just expressing their happiness over this because uh, obviously you know I'm through the uh, I'm through the through the roof with it. So yeah, it's going to be a great uh, experience for you, I'm sure. It's going to be a a great thing for the Kingpin's I know career. I know what you're thinking, Mike. You're thinking, <laughs> what's that? Oh, this is going to lead to downloads, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's going to lead to downloads or, or lead to my departure to, from the wrestling podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well, one thing we'll deal with one thing at a time. Let's get the downloads first, and then we'll, uh, you know, <laughs> then we'll figure out the rest. No, no, right. no, I'm not leaving, Mike. Don't worry. I'm not okay. leaving. All right. I have been told I can't do the podcast. Yes. If okay. I told I can't do the podcast. Well, it's been real. <laughs> All right, Brian. Let's let's get to the uh, let's get to the uh, the fun stuff. I mean, that well, that was the fun stuff. But let's get to the. Uh, yeah, it's all downhill from here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally well, downhill from here. <laughs> like, <laughs> the subject we're talking about today is, uh, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, people voted. We, they vote every week on Twitter, at the WPAN. Uh, we give you four possible topics, and you guys run the show. 
You vote for the one you want to hear us discuss right here on the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the WPAN. And, of course, each week we have Merv Griffin time. That's the part of the podcast where we talk to you, the listener. And today we will also induct the next member of the prestigious Laugh Hall of Fame. But as I mentioned, four topics every week at the WPAN on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. And the winner this week, it was a tight race once again, Brian. The best Kofi Kingston Royal Rumble spot was won. The second was cast Seinfeld with WWE stars. The third was the worst gimmick of the early 90s. And fourth was our funniest ring moments. Those final two were kind of a holdover from last week because it was a very close three-horse race uh, for last week's poll. But this week, number three, the worst gimmick of the early 90s won with 30%. And casting Seinfeld was at 28%, so right behind. And Kofi Rumble Spot was 22. Our funniest ring moments was at 20. So uh, everything was pretty tight there, Brian. But the worst gimmick of the early 90s came out on top. Now, we talked a little bit about this on Twitter. Some of our Twitter folks weighed in. Uh, Heeltown USA, they do a podcast. They are at Heeltown underscore USA. They said, uh, Techno Team 2000. That was pretty uh, terrible. I mean, there wasn't really much to it besides they wore like um, aluminum foil looking outfits and they had weird haircuts. <laughs> yeah, they, they were... They weren't around very long either, right? Like, what was no. one of them, like Eric Watts, right? Yes, yes. Well, he was Troy. <laughs> he was Troy of, oh, of Troy. Tech 2000. <laughs> yes. Troy, excuse me. How could I forget yes. Troy? <laughs> uh, and uh, your, your buddy Mike Mills at Mike504Saints, he said uh, the he said worst gimmick. The entire WCW roster. No, no, he did not say the entire WCW roster. He said. We had a blast when we discussed the worst gimmicks, and to save you some time, it's all WWF early 90s horse crap. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. Oh, it's hard to argue with him. There is a lot. We'll, we'll get into yeah. some of it. Uh, and Randall Keough just listed uh, 10,000 different, uh, different gimmicks. Uh, you know, your Bolsheviks, your Mad Monks, your Bastion Boogers, uh, the artist formerly known as Gold Dust, Big Bully Busick, so many of them. Thanks, Randall, for your input. But our picks, Brian, what did you have for your worst gimmick or gimmicks of the early 1990s? I think, I mean, definitely some of them, uh, some of them were definitely hit upon there. Uh, uh, I mean, you think of like some of them that instantly come to mind are like the goon. Um, yes, the hockey gimmick. Yeah, TL Hopper. Uh, was right. he the 90s? He, or did he go back yes. further? <laughs> no, he is the 90s. Um, I mean, Mantar, uh, the Berserker. We just talked about him this week. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, but the one I think that may be the worst, and, and some of it also because of the offensive uh, racist overtones of it, uh, Saba Simba. Saba Simba, yes. Our good friend Tony Atlas, who is well-established, um, this is kind of when w, uh, WWE was even giving established guys these these cartoonish characters. They they had rechristened uh, Tito Santana El Matador uh, and put him in the Matador costume and and, and gave uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat a little more uh, to his costume and and he was they, just the dragon. Yes. Yes. Um, and they made Tony Atlas 
Saba Simba, and they dressed him in kind of traditional African, uh, I think it was Ugandan, you know, like warrior kind of garb. And it was just terrible and offensive and all sorts of just bad. Um, and it wasn't around very long, I don't think. I think it, it was only around for a couple months. I think it was around for longer than that. Do you think so? Yeah. I, feel, I feel like it wasn't around. I, I didn't look up an exact time frame for for this, and I should have. Um, but just I was looking at some pictures and uh, just remembering uh, when he, he debuted. And, and the funny thing is, actually, my, my mother was a big Tony Atlas fan. Uh, really? Yeah, my, my mother was into bodybuilding, um, you know, in her younger years, uh, and she was a big Tony Atlas fan. Uh, which was funny later, you know, later on when I when I wrestled Tony Atlas, my mom had already passed away, but um, it was a great thrill for me when I started working for and wrestling Tony Atlas because that was my mother's favorite pro wrestler, and I remember her at the time being upset that, that they had changed his name uh, and given him this this character. So uh, my worst gimmick uh, of the '90s. Uh, is yes, Mike Mills. It is a WWF gimmick, <laughs> <laughs> and it's horrible and racist and all sorts of terribleness wrapped up in a uh, a putrid package. Uh, it's hot garbage, as they say. <laughs> as you <Simba>. say. <laughs> yes. Hey, somebody's got to get some catchphrases we can put on T-shirts around here, Mike. <laughs> That's a good one, or or a bad one, as the case may be, uh, or a terrible, absolutely putrid one. Let's, terrible. Let's say that. Yes, absolutely. And he's the first guy to book you, Tony Atlas. By the way, he liked me better when I was fatter. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> An exact Tony Atlas quote. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So for me, as you said, early nineties. I mean, you could just wade in the pool of awful WWF gimmicks and not even think about WCW and that's kind of the same thing that happened to me um I'm sure there are plenty in WCW too but you know I'll leave that to uh I'll leave that to you you can come up with those and put those online for Mike Mills to see (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah you mentioned Mantar absolutely terrible I mean first him him coming out with that giant bull head he looked like a like a float in a parade. Uh, it was absolutely just laugh out loud funny to see. I mean, he's supposed to be this like you know character that's uh, intimidating somehow. But uh, Mantar and you mentioned T.L. Hopper as well. Um, he was uh, the dirty white boy Tony Anthony elsewhere, and. Uh, this was the time when you know people talk about. I guess I mean the early '90s were kind of the lean years for WWF. I guess the pay wasn't that great, the houses weren't that great, so I guess everyone had to have another job. You had your Duke the dumpster. <laughs> you had your Duke the dumpster Drosy. You had your um. Well, the Godwins. They were hog farmers. Yes, and Teal Hopper. He was a he, he was a plumber, and because the Hopper is like the toilet, apparently. And uh, you know they did they did like the lowest common denominator stuff like you know vignettes with him with his ass crack hanging out and <laughs> it's just why, why there's yeah there's really just no no redeeming qualities to the character no money to be made here just being ridiculous for the sake of being absolutely ridiculous that's Teal Hopper my but my top pick for the worst gimmick of the 90s, Brian, is Fantasio. Do you remember the great 
Fantasio. I, I, I don't remember him in that. I don't remember seeing this gimmick at the time it actually happened. Now, I, I, I've seen, you know, pictures and whatnot now, and I've become aware of it in, in recent years, but I, I have no recollection of, of him when he actually debuted. I watched this as it happened. He was in, apparently, I mean, he was there for like a week of TV tapings, and that was it. He made, I believe, like one appearance on, there were the two syndicated shows on the weekends. You had your uh, Superstars, and you had your Wrestling Challenge, and I think he made one appearance on each, or he might have just been the one on, I think it was Wrestling Challenge, and that was it. He was gone. The gimmick Fantasio was he was a magician. As we go going back to this thing in the early nineties <laughs> where everyone had a backup uh had everyone had a second job because you know, you gotta supplement your income during the lean years of WWF. But um yes, he was a magician and he actually was known as the spellbinder in Memphis. Uh in his one match, Fantasio, uh he turned a like a candle into a walking stick. He um sprayed like webbing like and scared his opponent who was tony devito who would go on to be an ecw as a member of debaldi's he actually congratulated me today by the way oh he did yeah he certainly did tony devito tony devito did how about that tony devito <laughs> and uh yeah he was he had the distinction of being fantasio his perhaps his only television match and do you know what fantasio's finish was uh, i do not michael I'm sure it's something ridiculous. He uh, took off his opponent's underwear. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> he took off his opponent's underwear. Well, I mean, and then he rolled him up. It was a schoolboy. Officially, his finish was a schoolboy, one, two, three. But what he did was Tony DeVito was there. And he had his um, singlet. And the finish was Fantasio stuck his hand down the back of... Uh, <laughs> Down the back of Tony DeVito's singlet and pulled out his polka dotted underwear. Did they have streaks on them? I don't think so. No, they saved that for Pat Patterson a few years down the road. <laughs> but uh, no, he pulled, a, pulled out the underwear and uh, DeVito was befuddled and uh, embarrassed. And he was schoolboyed one, two, three. And that was the finish. Can't imagine why this didn't uh, take off. Removing another gentleman's underwear. So some of these I would love to have been in the room when these when these characters and things were discussed. Like again, we talked we kind of touched upon it last week about, and I kind of went off on a tangent about uh, the object of pro wrestling is to draw money to make money, <laughs> and with some of these gimmicks, I, I don't understand how anybody could have thought they would draw money. I, I just don't understand it. And. Thank God for Stone Cold Steve Austin a few years down the road. What do you mean? Chili McFreeze? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Fan- oh, and by the way, he also de-underweared Earl Hebner as well after the match. Well, why wouldn't you? And, of course, Earl Hebner had black and white striped boxer shorts. <laughs> so he didn't wear black underwear like you wear? No, no, no. no it, was, it, was, it was striped. So, uh that's uh, something special. I, I I haven't seen that in the stores, or I'd probably be wearing that as well. But uh, yeah, so Fantasio, that is my worst gimmick. Go look that up on YouTube. I took a look at it today, and it was uh, just about as ridiculous as I remembered it. So uh, yes, Fantasio, my worst gimmick of the 1990s. 
what do you guys think? Let us know your worst gimmick. Some of you guys shared already on Twitter, but let us know the worst gimmick of the early 1990s. Twitter, at the WPAN, Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Let us know what you think. All right, Merv Griffin time, Brian. It's named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, that, of course, being Seinfeld. This is our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. Now, we are doing our voicemails over on the NAI Network edition of the podcast. That is every Monday. So if this is the first time you're hearing us this week, you're missing out. Every Monday, go to the New Age Insiders Network. That's on their own feed. Search NAI Network on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss our regular episodes or visit newageinsiders.com for more information. But that's where we're playing those voicemails, so call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN and get those voicemails in for next Monday on the NAI Network edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. How you can interact with us here on MGT is using our hashtag on Twitter, and the hashtag is WPAN. We had a few from last Thursday's podcast, Brian, where we talked about the best match at a Royal Rumble event. All right, someone who goes by at double J underscore Malonis on Twitter. Uh, you might know this gentleman. He says the Rockers versus the Orient Express at the Rumble 91. He says the casket match in 94 that we talked about last week and the 92 Rumble itself. How do you feel? This is the Playboy. This is the, the guy we always talk about, the Playboy. Well, no, nobody was going to know better than the Playboy because uh doesn't really have much of a life these days. And uh, he's become a, a bit of an early 90s uh, WWF aficionado uh, because he just religiously watches all the content on the network. I think him and Mark Sherman, uh, if we ever do a early 90s episode, Mike, I think uh, him and Mark Sherman would be our would be our go-tos. Well, that sounds like a great reason not to do that podcast. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, if I ever leave, maybe one of them can be uh, can be my fill-in, Mike. <laughs> oh boy. At Che seventeen seventeen, Che McCarthy, who's uh, been coming on strong here as a as a listener here, of the wrestling podcast about nothing. We appreciate it very much. He says for the best non-rumble match. I thought in recent years it was Cena versus Lesnar versus Rollins from a couple of years back. I think you mentioned that, Brian, actually. And, uh, yeah, that was a good one. And also Marty Howell at Martin Howell 71 said he listened to the Royal Rumble Best Matches show. I'm an instant fan. Liked the Mike 504 Saints and BTT shoutouts as well. Yes, he's a uh, longtime listener of the Book in the Territory podcast, and he's checking us out and liking what we're doing. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much, Marty, for uh, checking out the WPAN. Yes, thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, I think you'll find that uh, the northern flavor of our show will suit you just well. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, the NAI podcast from Monday. DC Matthews said it's 12 minutes into the first NAI Network edition of the WPAN, and it's a delight already. He said, to put it another way, it's gold, Jerry, gold. <laughs> so thank you to DC Matthews of the DDT Wrestling Podcast on the NAI Network. Make sure you check them out. Of course, you're already subscribed to the NAI Network, so make sure you check out A Private Earful by DDT Wrestling. Uh, Cody, he is at XCodeDizzleX. He says, another great episode on the New Age Insiders Network. Thank you, Cody. And you, had a, you got some feedback, Brian, about your um, 
your statement about celebrity deaths. A bunch of people saying things about that, including Che McCarthy, as we had mentioned him a couple minutes ago. I'm glad I'm not the only one who feels the way I do about celebrity death bandwagon jumpers. Massively annoying. Mike Mills said something similar about uh, grandstanding, if you will. Yeah, see, you're um, all uncomfortable with it, and people agree with me. I'm still uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> At Mike504Saints, he says, Isn't it nice when my listeners shoot on Brian Malonis and his pathetic Northern Wrestling bias? <laughs> yes, we had uh, one of Mike Mills, uh, one of the Booking the Territory listeners, call in this past Monday, and uh, there was some technical difficulties, but he did say that uh, he's going to kick some northern ass and it'll be uh it'll be no contest for mike mills he said and then he did a nice heel laugh so he did a nice uh, heel laugh but his but his phone connection was garbage i'm sure that's because he lives in the backwoods of some southern state oh boy oh boy oh boy we're sorry sir please call in again <laughs> and uh let us know what's up <laughs> hopefully so we have a better connection laugh. this time <laughs> yes uh, and book of the territory of course a great podcast Mike Mills does great work. Find them, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and uh, throw him a couple bucks. He's doing a, a patron service now. So uh, go to mikemills.podbean.com for more on that. Kenneth Noisewater. He is at Hayton Ass Max. <laughs> what a great Twitter name. <laughs> yes, Hayton Ass Max. <laughs> he says, to me, Snooka's legacy will be guy who got away with murdering his girlfriend. Well. Um, I mean, there's there are a lot of strong opinions out there about uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka. We got into a little bit on the podcast on Monday. Um, He's the, you know the thing with Snuka, and I think a lot of a big reason why I, I think even even before all this came out, um, and it probably has something to do with it. I guess um, WWE has almost let you forget about the legacy of Jimmy Snuka. I can't remember if I'm wrong. I don't think they've ever done like a DVD on him, right? No, they have not. You know, and he was somebody who was very important, um, you know, to their to their history and legacy at, at one point. But he's a guy who they don't celebrate like they have, like Hogan or Flair or Piper or Dusty Rhodes or any any other number of you know Jake the Snake Roberts, the Ultimate Warrior. They haven't really, they didn't really celebrate Jimmy Snuka's legacy like they celebrated those guys. So I, I mean, how many of this generation are even all that familiar with Jimmy Snuka unless you? have gone to indie shows over the last 10 or 15 years or have heard Mick Foley talk about him. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. A, there was definitely some, uh, tarnish put on, uh, his legacy. Um, all right, let's move on. Tony S at referee, Tony S. He says, Chris Jericho, Stephanie McMahon, triple H and Lucy, the dog, that poor, poor dog. What a shame. Yes. Uh, hey, somebody else remembered your obscure reference. <laughs> yes, you talked about how um, they wouldn't go for f- for the funny. It would be had to be serious if it was for the world title. Uh, but I remember this Triple H Chris Jericho match on a WrestleMania, uh, and yeah, Tony asked, let us know it was Lucy, the dog, and uh, I'm sure you remember it fondly, Brian. Nope. Still don't remember it. Still have no clue. <laughs> All right. Tony, Tony does a great podcast with Chip K. Fabe. Check in the boots. Make sure you find them wherever you get your podcasts. I think I think you made it through the whole uh, NAI episode this week without mentioning them, Mike. No, I did. I did very briefly say say check in the boots, but I, di- I did miss a full plug, and I, I feel bad about that, and we will make sure we plug them next week because they always take care of us 
on their podcast. So, well, you're a selfish human being, and they're learning that now too. Uh, TK at T Hog ninety four says, "What a swerve!" As Croc socks made Brian Lewis <laughs> feel uncomfortable. Hashtag swipe right. Yes, we talked about Braun Strowman in the BDA oh, radio plug. Hey, him dominating women. Just Mike <laughs> wanted to see Braun Strowman dominate women. Uh, I, well, I, I didn't say I wanted to see it. I said I, I just hope he uh, enjoyed himself in San Antonio. <laughs> he's just maybe the most inappropriate thing that's been said on this podcast. He's on the Tinder, Brian. He's on the Tinder. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I, I said I think I said swipe right, but I don't know if, if swipe right is good or or if it's swipe left. So I, I, I've never I been on there, so I don't no know. clue. <laughs> yeah, uh, and TK also said, uh, as well as a couple other people, talked about your rant that was at the very end of the NAI Network episode after the AFC Championship game the other night. Uh, he could have listened to more of it. TK said he had every right to be salty as a true fan. And Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut said something similar. Very understandable that you're a little pissed off. And NAI's Bill Neville <laughs> at Bill Neville NAI said Dave Meltzer is reporting <laughs> that the WPAN has backstage heat at the NAI network after Brian Malonis publicly took shots at me. Hashtag buried. So, yeah, we're at the doghouse with the NAI. Oh, we're not. I mean, we're not the doghouse. I mean, they're not going to punish me. Like, I made a tweet about this, I think, today. It's like it's going to be like the curtain call, Mike. They're not going to touch me. I'm untouchable. They can't punish me. You're just going to take You're You're going to play the role of Hunter Hurtel. Yeah. I'm the top guy. I'm the icon. I'm the main event. You're my understudy. All right. Finally here. Finally. Our good friend, a lot of people came at you and said, uh, you know, congratulations, great job, it's long, a long time coming, well-deserved for the top prospect tournament, but one stood out above the rest. Oh, I know John Morse, <laughs> John Morse, at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N, he said, now the kinkpin can continue, hashtag, win a date with Todd Sinclair. <laughs> yes. You know, you have direct access to the source. You can wear him down. You have an opportunity to really uh, sell this win a day with Todd Sinclair thing now that you're uh, going to be around Ring of Honor a little bit. Yes, I will. Uh, I'll, well, he said he'd go on a date. Just want to do the contest. All right, so we just got to find, uh, find a broad. So we were talking well, about maybe, maybe, Yeah, maybe we can make it a legitimate contest, though, rather than uh, you know one that, one that pokes fun at him. Maybe we could make it a legitimate contest. Find Todd a nice young lady. Maybe John, we'll have to get John Morris on the case here. We'll have to get him. Uh, we'll have to get him. Put him to work. All right, folks. Thank you for everyone who's a part of River Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll be doing the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. All right, Brian. It is time. We got to get right to it. We have established a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Now. You know, Brian, the best way to tell the wrestling world that you're up to no good is through laughter. One exaggerated guffaw can let everyone know that you're pure evil. Now, with many thanks to the spiritual director of this illustrious facility, Tarzan Taylor, I am humbled to submit this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's He Laugh Hall of Fame. Doink the clown, 
I guess I, I heard somebody... You are a sick puppy at times. Oh, gee. And you delight in that, don't you? Sometimes I look around and this whole world just seems so hopeless. <laughs> and that's what really makes me laugh. <laughs> because I look around to all of the wrestlers in the WWF, and there's so many of them that are setting their goals just a little bit too far out of reach. <laughs> and me, oh, me, I want nothing more <laughs> than what I've got coming to me. <laughs> and whether it be cutting a record <laughs> or taking a title. <laughs> all right. Nothing is too far out of Thank the reach. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Doink the clown. Is this guy too much? And is, that, is that guy too much, Brian? I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I loved Heel Doink the Clown. I thought there was so much potential with that character. I mean, not that. I mean, I look back now and I think there was so much potential with that character. Uh, and I've often wondered because I used to allude to it on commentary about him being familiar, something being familiar about him. Maybe he's hiding out. Why is he wearing this face paint? Uh, and I feel like there was like another level to that to that story that was never revealed because then they changed it into what it became most memorable for. Right, with him with uh, him with Dink, which actually not him. This is the, the original Doink was Matt Bourne, and then yeah, he. Uh, I'm not sure the exact story, but he screwed up in some fashion and was let go, and he was replaced. I think he was in the middle of a babyface turn, and then he was let go, and a, a new guy came in and replaced him, Ray Apollo. And yeah, he was kind of the sanitized, happy-go-lucky doink with a um, little person sidekick who looked just like him. Um, but yeah, the original heel doink. Hold on, that. hold on. Let me let me tell you what I think of that, Mike. Ready? What's that? Wow. Yeah. That was, that was extended. <laughs> <laughs> the Raspberry Hall of Fame right there. More like <laughs> fart, fart Noise Hall of Fame. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so the heel Doink the Clown, I think, is a splendid addition to the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. And we want to know out there, guys, do you have anyone you'd like to nominate for the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame? Let us know on Twitter, at the WPAN. And to check out this Hall of Fame inductee and all his glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. Okay, Kingpin, you are definitely packing your bags. You're about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend for three big shows doing that pro wrestling thing. Now, one more time, where are you headed? I'm heading to Westbrook, Maine, Mike, on Friday night for Limitless Wrestling. Uh, by the time this drops, there is a fair chance that tickets may have sold out already. Uh, I think they had about 30 left as of last count. Uh, in case there is tickets left, uh, check out Limitless Wrestling's website and find them on social media. Uh, this the card is going to be headlined by uh, Cody Rhodes taking on... Uh, JT Dunn, uh, and then I will be wrestling in a four-way battle of the big men with Warbeard Hanson, Max Smashmaster, uh, and Big Daddy Beluga, uh, a.k.a. Brickmass Stone. Saturday night, I will be heading to Somerville. Again, last uh, last check, not a ton of tickets left. Somerville, so, Massachusetts. Uh, Somerville, Mass. Your, your favorite place to go these mm -hmm. days. 
for Beyond Wrestling, another huge uh, Beyond Wrestling card. Uh, this this venue always sells out. So uh, uh, by the grace of God, when you're listening to this, there's tickets available. Uh, go to uh, beyondwrestlingonline.com uh, and get your tickets and also check them out on social media. Uh, and they're back on Sunday, as, as am I. Uh, and by the way, I should mention that on Saturday night, I will be taking on JT Dunn. So uh, if Cody Rhodes doesn't finish the job with him on Friday night, I'll do it for sure on Saturday night. There you go. Uh, and then on Sunday, I'll be heading to Worcester, Mass. Uh, for a special 2 p.m. bell time, uh, I will be wrestling Ace Romero, AC Baby himself, and another battle of the big men. Jesus, do I wrestle anybody under 275 anymore? Uh, JT well, yes, Dunn. I guess I'm wrestling JT Dunn Saturday night, but it's few and far between these days. But uh, very much looking forward to this card. Uh, again, tickets are going fast, so uh, be sure to, you know, Go to Beyond Wrestling's website and find them on social media. Uh, and if you are worried about about getting home to see the Royal Rumble, well, you'll have plenty of time because it's a 2 p.m. bell time. Uh, so plenty of time to go to the Beyond Wrestling event and then still get home uh, and gamble on the Royal Rumble. There you much go. Like, much like we're going to do. <laughs> we definitely will. Next Monday will be the Royal Rumble Summit edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the NAI Network. That's episode 41. But also, next week, we'll be back here with the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Make sure you check out BDARadio.com for all of your MMA and wrestling talk. Check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Iron Bar with Chad Alden, Paul St. Amon Jr. as well. And until next week. Hold on, hold on. Let me stop you real quick, Mike. Okay. I owe somebody an apology here. Really? I owe Bill Neville an apology okay. uh, for uh, for uh, my rant uh, on Sunday night. Uh, I owe Thank him an goodness. apology for not going harder at him and not what? calling him out on his stupid takes uh, a lot sooner uh, and with a lot more veracity. Uh, the words he spoke were just pure, utter garbage. Uh, and he came out with more stuff, kind of insinuating we're in the doghouse. Well, you can't put the kingpin in the doghouse. Nobody puts the kingpin in the doghouse. I'll put you in the doghouse, Bill Neville, and you'll be lucky if you still have a job with the New Age Insiders when I'm done with you. So oh, how geez. about that? All right. Uh, well, I'm glad you're just going to get this all out of your system now <laughs> before we go back on the NAI network on Monday. Right? Sure. This will be it? I don't know. Well, it depends if he says anything else stupid. All right. Well, <laughs> you can tune in and find out next Monday on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. And then we'll be back here in a week next Thursday on BDARadio.com. It'll be on Tuesday on the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he's the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. And thanks for nothing.